You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi. This call may be recorded or transcribed. Part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Take 
listening to African Perspectives, where we review the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors, and we say the word ashe. It simply means, so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done, and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity. Everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future, we all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say Ashe. We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, 
Benin, Great Zimbabwe. Civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So he poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So he poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. He poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted, and we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host. Baba Oshi, Hotel family. Hope you're going to have a good day today. Hope you get a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. Hoping too, whether it is accommodating for you to do it. But of course, if it is not, and it has to get done, it must be done, you will get it done. No procrastination in you. I love you. We love you for it. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, 8 to 10 Pacific. 8 to 10 Pacific, any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. 
top of the page you'll see podcast click on that to drop down you'll see african perspectives click on that and there will be programs that are dated and titled and of course i don't say for you to go to tune in anymore all you got to do is go to african perspectives excuse me all you got to do is go to time for an awakening and the radio program is on the right side and whatever is playing at that time right now you can click on there and this program is playing and you can listen to it no commercial interruptions that's how it rolls all right other programming we have here at time for an awakening is on this program monday wednesday and friday 11 a.m to 1 p.m on fridays at 8 p.m time for an awakening with brother elliot and brother richard and on sundays at 7 p.m time for an awakening with brother elliot and brother richard time for an awakening we're going to forego the announcements because I'm going to get my guest in here. And my guest today is a brother who we all love. That's right, Brother Franklin Jones, the black people's matrix. That's right. So, well, let me go before I do that. I want to make sure that we know that Baba Baruti, his program is this evening, Higher Ground, the course, every Wednesday starting tonight. For the rest of this month, for warriors it's sixty dollars, and for warriors in training thirty-five. And of course, uh, courses being streamed only. Make your sixty-dollar donation, or or thirty-five for the warriors in training. PayPal, Yabruti at Yahoo. Cash app, dollar sign Yah, the letter M, Baruti B A R U T I. And of course, the information, the pertinent information is higher ground course your name, and your email address so it can be streamed to you. Gotcha. And of course, exciting news, this this past Sunday, started Sunday, this past Sunday, uh, Baba Broody is offering an online art history course uh, for 4th through 12th graders on Sundays, open to even mature 3rd graders. 10 a.m. to 12 noon, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, it started this Sunday. It should be every Sunday. For further information, contact Mama Inia Baruti at Yabaruti at Yahoo or give her a call at 404 753 704-754-753-7237. All right. The Inya Sissim of Daily Revolutionary Thought. I'm going to to go back to Mark to Mark October first. October first, the best way to predict the future is to create it. Divine Bradley. Can you imagine a world where Ma'at is the norm? Where it is spoken and enacted by Africans toward each other and those deserving of our respect with our ancestors' precision and reverence? Can you imagine us being brought back in line with the honorable traditions? where love is truly reciprocal and altruistic. Can you imagine a world where being spiritual is a way of life, not a silly masquerade? Can you imagine a people who again form a timeless circle without rupture? Can you imagine a people who act as if being civil to each other defines them as civilized? Can you imagine a time and place without predators, without prey, where generosity and kindness are not taken for weakness, and where selflessness and meanness 
are not prized aspirations. In this time and space and place, our sisters shed more tears of joy than pain, and brothers practice for peace, not war. Here, our righteous rage has been satisfied, and our war against Africa, against Africans is never uttered for fear of the terror it would unleash on the fool. Can you imagine a world where truth is common and lies disbelieved because of their source, where African people can again be whole? It is to happen. We will have to do it. If it is to happen, we will have to do it. Nothing which brought us to this nerd will change on its own. Things will only change through the will and force of those who recognize evil and its gluttonous, malevolent, and jealous intent, and who firmly believe in the righteousness of their cause. Affirm, I'm imagining an African world into reality, Ashe. Affirm, I am, I'm imagining an African world into reality. October 2nd. African women were never singled out for marginalization, subjugation, and alienation. The role of the woman in the family is not subordinate, but rather complementarity to that of the man. Unlike Europeans, African regard women as indispensable to the home and society. Catherine Olojunji. The removal of power from European women by European men was accomplished both by destroying the ideological and legal foundations of equality in African, si- in African society through bringing their own women even further to their knees. Africa was where Greek women began to look to for their models of womanhood. The Greek offensive against the, uh, females, although more personal, was indefinitely more severe and violent. But even this assault on Urugu's females did not come close to their murder, rape, and terrorization during the infamous Inquisition. (laughs) Generations of genocide left its imprint deeply on their psyche. Imagine mothers preparing their sons to rape and ravage their daughters, and daughters who had to embrace powerlessness. No other people went through a phase where they raped and killed as many of their women as possible. And there is no doubt that the millions raped and sexually tortured served the perverted pleasures of European males. The pattern of rape followed that established by the very gods that they say they created in their world. European gods raped their goddesses. So why would mortal European men not rape mortal females? Like father, like son. Affirm, I honor African women, I say. Affirm, I honor African women. October 3rd. A man who stands for nothing will fall for anything. Our shining black prince, Brother Omawali. El-Hajj, Malik El-Shabazz. Malcolm X. The first question is a woman's warrior's mind about any man who studies is of potential strength and power. He is persistent and resilient. Does he confront challenges with intrepidation? In his vision, is his vision clear, uncluttered by fantasy? Is it ordered by our historical affirmation? 
The answer for her, since she cannot see into his future, is in what he has done and is doing now relevant to in preparation for what he says he intends to do, being a man of his word. It comes down to the question of whether he has stood and is standing and still standing for something of worth. Do not be confused about the importance in her, in her mind about the relationship between perceived potential and choice of mate. I have long reflected on the wisdom of an elder sister's observation that a man chases a woman until she catches him. I say, affirm, I stand for everything African. Affirm, I stand for everything African. October 4th. It is tough being a parent, especially in an alien, hostile, cultural environment where your children are viewed as problems to be contained, detained, suppressed, repressed, and if possible and necessary, terminated. Paul Inthayomi Grant. Our children are not to blame for their determined flight into whiteness. They neither created this world nor raised themselves. And they are far from stupid. Early on, they recognize that they are burdened with the incomplete and increasingly more difficult task of defeating an enemy who dwells within and without. Those reared as Africans are keenly aware that both corrupting evil grows more entrenched and stronger with each generation. The hard questions of why we still fear need to be asked. Why do we still fear battling our enemies to the death? Why claiming belief in an African vision of self-defining, determining empowerment? Not having created this hell is certainly no excuse for abandoning our children to it. Because we have not provided them with a sufficiently empowered social, cultural, and spiritual base, it is understandable that they rebel against our demand that they be uncompromisingly African. The call from those who descended from the caves of the Caucasus Mountains is great. We have not fulfilled our role of establishing and strengthening and fortifying space where they can freely be African. Consequently, they continue to be left as easy prey for the wolves. Affirm the safety and sanity of African children are my foremost priority because we have no future if we don't have Affirm the safety and sanity of African children are my foremost priority. Brothers and sisters, the Inya Sassim of daily revolutionary thought. How important it is, huh, family? Yes, it is. Daily revolutionary thought. Keep your mind on revolution. My guest, of course, today, as I said, is Brother Franklin Jones. He is no stranger to this program. He is the Black Matrix. I, I hope that uh, on your Facebook page, I know my laptop is whack because I'm 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 getting Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and indigenous people. I'm, I'm serious. I ain't getting nothing African, but on my desktop, I'm getting African. So I'm mostly I go Facebook on my desktop now. Got to figure this out so I can see the Black People's Matrix. Brother Franklin Jones, how you doing? 
Fantastic. Always a pleasure to be on your program, my brother. Thanks for having me. Always, my man. Always, dear brother. Always, because you, yeah. you are the black, I am. you are the black people's matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my brother. You know, speaking of uh, Facebook, um, um, they're putting me off again. They uh, sent me a message saying that um, um, check this out. They said that um, I fall under the category. This isn't a bolstering anything. This is a fact. Uh, they sent me a, a message that I fall under the category for um, violating a Facebook rule. For people, uh, for organizations that are dangerous or individuals that are dangerous. And they say, if I want to stay on Facebook, I have to remove the admin that's posting the, the information that's deemed dangerous. Now, of course, I'm that person, so that means I'm, they, they're kicking me off. But here's the deal I'm called dangerous for merely attempting to elevate the minds of our people above a biblical fairy tale and a slave syndrome myth. I'm dangerous. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's crazy to us. Yeah. But into to the world of what Caucasians are about, yeah. it's not crazy at all because they got to suppress anything that would oh, yes, challenge yes. their authority, that would make yeah. a people whose mind they want to control, you know, uh, make it uh, something else. You know, I heard a yeah. piece. I'm, I'm not sure how long this piece is. I heard a piece. Um, I think Brother Kwaku sent it. You yeah. know, and and they have this Caucasian uh, lady. She's speaking about um, where's that at? Where's Kwaku at? She's speaking about um, how important it is. Just like we've talked about uh, controlling the minds of our people. Yeah. You know how important it is that we. Uh, mm, I thought that was. I'm going to try to find that, Brother Franklin okay. Jones, because I think that... You know, I'm, uh, while you're looking for that, I'd like to say that I'm, I'm particularly excited to be here today. I'm always excited to be on your program, but I'm particularly excited because we're discussing the fundamental changes that have happened within the African-American culture since the 1960s that have strengthened the system of white supremacy. Yes. You know, it's, uh, yes. it's a very important subject, and it's a subject that um, requires that we be critical thinkers. Mm-hmm. As we know, the white government doesn't want us to be intelligent, critical thinkers. You know, they don't want that kind of black population. Right. They want instead a black population that's smart enough to work, pay taxes, fight their wars, mm-hmm. but dumb enough to believe that we made the N-word odds and that unity empowers us. Dumb enough to believe that a Bible written by a history's most ungodly group of people contained two words of God. And dumb enough to believe that a fictional Jesus that was brutally beat into the minds of our ancestors was Sunday to be returning to save us. Mm-hmm. That's just how they want it. Dumb enough, and dumb enough to, uh, of, of us to believe uh, everything they say to us, even though they have no credibility, even that they have proven us in history's most notoriously deceitful liars. Yeah, but when you look at the facts, our minds, our collective minds, have been distorted away from common sense, intelligence, and rationality. But we are made to think in ways that serve the white society at our detriment. You know, a, a Jewish person would never trust a Nazi, but black people, millions of us, blindly trust whites. Sure. And sure. part of the history. So, I mean, look, it shows, it proves that we are not functioning based upon the accurate history shared between our racial groups. We are functioning based upon a mindset that they've indoctrinated into our minds. No, because we unfortunately have abandoned our history long ago. 
And even in the 60s, what we're talking about, my analysis of the 60s, because I grew up in the 60s, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't have a strong enough return to African culture. Mm-hmm. What we really wanted was black power. What yes. that meant was we want the same things crackers want without the hassle. You know? yes. We want the same thing crackers got and want by letting us share in those goods, in the yes. land, in the jobs, you know, in the neighborhoods, in the schools. That's what we wanted. We wanted real equality. We wanted real yes. inter we wanted real integration because of course there is no such thing as integration, especially with Caucasians, because integration yes. means I have what I have, they have what they have, and we bring those things together with respect yes. of what with respect of what I'm bringing, with respect of what they're bringing, and now we work together. No, this was a forced assimilation yes. with, with dominance by Europeans, with dominance by Caucasians, yes. with dominance by Urugu. And, of course, what we're talking to, about today is how in the 60s that, and, and then into the 70s, 80s, how that began to play out all the way to the present day where we still, as a people, in fact, it could be argued there is no progress. Okay, granted, there's some folks with some money. There's some folks on TV. There's a lot of, when you watch TV, you would swear America is the most integrated uh, society. White people are marrying black people, and black people are marrying white people, and everybody's all all hunky-dory, you know? But yes. that that is never the truth. It will never be the truth. No. You know. So. You know, in 1960, um, 33% of black children would not live with their parents. By 1988, it became 61%. Uh, now, today, the lowest one they're saying is 67% of black children not, not living with both parents in their homes. Uh, so, so we see things are in many ways worse off. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, that we may have the, the, the black celebrities and so on, but when we look at the structure of the black family, mm-hmm. uh, when we look at the mindset of our family, if you look at an interview from the 1960s um, with, given to 17-year-old black children and listen to them speak and listen to the 17-year-olds now, we went from, um, we see a deterioration in our culture. Mm-hmm. We have been transformed into something that is, is not organically who we are, something that actually benefits the system of white supremacy. And, uh, you know, that's what we're going to talk about today. We'll see, and addressing, right, recognizing. See, I, I, I maintain that from a cultural standpoint, I, I did a program last week or week before specifically on culture, taken from Baba Baruti's book, Identity, and how important mm-hmm. culture is, African culture is. We never had an African culture here in America. We've always had a subculture to Europeans' culture of the dominant culture. We were afraid of our, because we've been made to feel ashamed of it, you know, and and, and as a consequence, uh, all we did was want to be like them, the majority of us, you know. We've been ashamed to be African. We didn't want to look African. We didn't want to get too dark. But that's that's globally, you know. Mm -hmm. The European has, I mean, in the hundreds of years of 
coming out of his um, wakening, his sleep, his medieval times, his uh, dark ages to the point where Martel and Charlemagne and all of them got together and said, hey, hey, you know what? Let's kick these Sephardic Jews out of Spain and Portugal. Let's kick these Moors. They've been there a long time, 700 years. Yeah, they taught us a lot of good stuff. You know, a lot of good stuff that we need. How to get those damn animals out the castle and put them in the corral. How to get make water and all that kind of stuff. But they got to go. Yeah. You know, so let's kick them out. And then, because, you know, wherever we go, understand, we may war amongst ourselves, and we do, because we are very warlike people. But we're going to yes. come together on those who are outside of us. So wherever we go, and and, and and when we go there, we ain't asking to barter. We ain't asking mm-hmm. to trade. We ain't asking to buy. We taking your mm-hmm. shit. Yes. We come there all night, but ultimately, we taking your shit. And we bringing you in a religion that you better bow down to. You better accept. Because if you don't accept it, you're going to die. And for those who do yes. accept it, your life will be totally changed. And so there it is. But I would like to say also there has been an additional deterioration of our African pride. And I'll just show you some examples of that. Mm-hmm. Um, success of Marcus Garvey's movement um, is evident that there was, a, there was a degree of African pride. Um, also during the 1930s, when, uh, when Italy went to a war against Ethiopia, right, right. thousands upon thousands of African Americans signed yes. up to go to war right. and fight in defense of Ethiopia. Yeah. When the reporters come in line and ask them why were they signing up, these African Americans were saying it is their duty to go and fight on behalf of Mother Africa. Mm-hmm. These were African Americans in 1930s. Yes. Now the U.S. State Department denied giving them a visa. That's right. But however, the U.S. State Department allowed the Italian Americans to go to Italy and fight against Ethiopia on behalf of Italy. You see that bias? Yeah. So my point is the African-Americans were signing up to go. Now, also in the 1960s, um, African-Americans were, um, we started wearing daishikis, afros, and braids. We started giving ourselves African names. Yes. And so there was also a sense of a, now today, in, con- in contrast, our women are wearing blonde weaves. And our women we have millions of women who refuse to go out in public showing their natural hair. My point is, so there is a deterioration of, of the, um, the black pride in our love for Africa since the 1960s as well. No doubt. And to, and to understand that, um, you, you have to go back to 1968 when the current commission was, studied, um, was hired to study the African-American population to understand what was the cost of the unprecedented black protests. Their goal was to study and find our greatest strength and then to attack it unrelentingly mm-hmm. and to find our greatest weakness and then to exploit it unrelentingly. During that study, they discovered that, um, as they described it, they say African-Americans had developed a romanticized view of Africa. And they said this romanticized view of Africa hindered black patriotism toward the U.S. government. So it was decided that they had to erode black allegiance to Africa mm-hmm. and they achieved this by just developing a propaganda campaign that constantly subjected African-Americans to see only poor, rich, and starving Africa. They made Africa into a source of shame and humiliation for African-Americans. Mm-hmm. Once they turned Africa into a source of humiliation, here's what this did. It 
something they're going to be ashamed of. Right. And the African American said, I don't damn African. I'm not an African. Mm -hmm. And it mm -hmm. also made African American millions perceive the enslavement of our ancestors as being more of a rescue mission that ultimately benefited us. So um, once they start denigrating Africa, millions of African Americans will not demand reparations because we feel that the enslavement of our ancestors was a rescue mission that ultimately benefited us. And, and, and you know, hold on, I mean, let me hold you right there because. Listen, fam. Listen, family. What our dear brother is saying is so deep and so true. Because uh, you, there are a number of us who fight against reparations. There's a number of us who believe that what Caucasians have done to us on the continent, on the throughout this voyage here, throughout our being here for hundreds of years, was somehow justified to make us American. That, that that how evil it was. In fact, Tim Scott said welfare was worse than our captivity. Welfare was worse. Now, I granted, you know, welfare uh, took a lot of the drive out of us when you could get, you know, some money and some clothes and so forth. Uh, and, of course, by kicking the man out the home, you know, but still, there's nothing more horrifying than the European enslavement, the European ca captivity of African people everywhere, and, and then ultimately the colonization of African people everywhere. And this is, uh, go ahead. I, I agree with you 100%, but I want to make a point. You see how you say Tim Wise, um, uh, uh, you see how many black people speak against reparations? Mm -hmm. You see how many black people, before we can confront the system of white supremacy, mm -hmm. there are black people we have to fight through before we can confront white supremacy. This is a part of the design. They spread an ideology into our communities, and the ideology, a part, a segment of our population accepts the ideology and starts thinking in ways that serve the system of white supremacy. Now, this creates a setting where we're not able to unify to demand our reparations because now we have these brainwashed black people who will fight against us. Mm -hmm. And then they will take those brainwashed black people and give them um, um, national media platforms. And these people will start speaking against our or their own people. This entire system is by design. Um, we function based upon narratives. So the white man feeds narrative into our community that shapes our minds in ways that serve the system of white supremacy. Those of us with the weakest mental fortitude accept it and start speaking of it, like uh, Candace Owens, for example. Mm -hmm. Right. This is by the The white man, like I said, they studied our population and they divided us through, through, their, um, th through their propaganda campaigns. There are, uh, three, there are four ways to manipulate the mind. And they recognized in 1960 they had to manipulate our minds. They recognized um, the, the, the black unity of 1960-something had to be done. So they studied us, and they found that the core problem was blatant white racism. So they say they have to stop using blatant white racism and develop more covert methods of white racism. They also determined that our greatest strength was black unity. This is why black unity, um, um, the unified protest of African Americans was unprecedented and remains unrivaled by any other group. So they said we have to attack black unity, and that's what it continuously gives us information that turns us against ourselves, like uh, telling us that most slaves were, were sold away, uh, um, the propaganda, we are our worst enemies. 
they create fear among us, so we're afraid of each other. We distrust each other. Our collective state is directly correlated to the white society's monopoly over information that's fed into our minds. And those who are possessing the weakest minds are the most mentally enslaved. The goal here is to lift our people's minds up biblical fairy tale and the slave syndrome myth and recognize what's happening, what's being done to our minds. Everything that we are, are it's always by design when the minds of the oppressed totally align with the needs and objective of the oppressors. Ask ourselves, who does our division benefit? Who does the fact that we believe we're a worst enemy benefit? And who controls what we believe? The same group of people. Whenever those in a position of power to shape our minds in ways that serve their interests are able to do so, they're going to do so. And this is what has been done to black people. And we must come on, we must, we must become aligned with this. Because the only way we're going to liberate ourselves is to gain a clear and accurate understanding of our plight and condition. Because if our understanding remains flawed, that all remedies that stem from those misunderstandings will also be flawed. Our minds have been shaped in ways that serve the system of white supremacy, and this started in 1968. And that's what our people must recognize. We must elevate our minds to recognize what's been done to us. And here's what they, they determined our greatest weakness was. You know what our greatest weakness they determined? They said our greatest weakness was the fact that we were stripped of our true identity and culture. Mm-hmm. And they said because yes. African Americans were of our true identity and culture, this means that they can socially engineer us yes. into a negative culture. And that's why today, millions of African-Americans are calling us up niggas, bitches, hoes, and thugs, glamorizing pimps. Because we, a people who have been stripped of the true culture and identity, are easily can be made into whatever you want them to be. It's the reason why millions of African-Americans sit and call themselves niggas. Mm. Because they don't understand that um, we, because we've been stripped, our oppressors are turned us into something else. And the goal is to make our people see, uh, like we were talking earlier, the welfare program, for example. They offer welfare program only to um, homes where the father was kept out of the home. Uh, I, I remember seeing that firsthand I, I, in Miami. I remember um, my mother uh, ha, uh, had a boyfriend who was help paying, paying the bills, but when, when my mother seek welfare, she had to put him out. And the, the white lady comes into the house, goes looking in the closet, looking to see if his, his, his clothes are hanging in the closet, looking for men's shoes. So I'm seeing firsthand the program, mm-hmm. keeping the man out of the home. This is how they started to um, destabilize our community. Mm-hmm. The programming requires demoralization, destabilization, crisis. They keep telling I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes. There are four stages. They keep telling us that we're in a state of crisis. Have you ever noticed we're always in a crisis and we need whites to benefit us? Mm-hmm. Our people don't understand how the white man, for example, many people believe that white people are in Africa because Africans cannot govern themselves and that they're helping the Africans. But they don't realize that the reason why the white people are so invested in Africa is because they need Africa's resources to survive. But they always create a false propaganda that elevates themselves and denigrates us. Our problem is we fall victim to those false narratives, and we start functioning based upon those false narratives rather than the truth. The goal here is to get our people's minds online with the truth. And That's the goal. Our people, um, our minds have been distorted by the white man's monopoly over information. And that's what we have to recognize today and discuss this. 
it's crazy when you have a black man who gets in and says, it's my right to call myself a nigger. It's my right to call myself a nigger. Doesn't know his mind's been distorted. Mm-hmm. You have black insisting it, um, that we're cursed. The, <laughs> and that you're, you're incapable of seeing that the minds have been turned against themselves. Well, see, everything, that, everything that has been created is designed to maintain and sustain the privilege that they created for themselves. Just as Francis yes. Wellsing said, everything from sociology, everything is designed to support Caucasians. It's in yes. everything they do, their religion, their government, their education, entertainment, so forth and so on, everything. And as a consequence, not our, because we lack the understanding also to the will to create things of our own and, the, and, 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 and to gravitate towards self-determination, liberation, and sovereignty. We are hoping <laughs> and praying that some way, somehow, that this will work for us, that, that, that there becomes a moment in, in, in history where Europeans begin to think, well, you know, we did do these things, and now, you know, we are remorseful, and, and, and we have to help black people and, and be a part of what we created. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. It gives the illusion. It, it gives you the illusion. That's what I'm saying about those commercials on TV you constantly yeah. see. Gives you the illusion of inclusion. Gives you a perception that everything in this society is fair and equitable and, and people treat you right. And you have all yeah. these Negroes that you see on TV. Plenty of Negroes. You said something, allow me to interject, but you said commercials. And, and, and that struck me because my mother told me that right after Dr. King was murdered, she said, all of a sudden, Frank, on TV, we kept seeing commercials with black people on it. We kept, we're seeing um, TV commercials that, that, that shows equality. And and what my mother was seeing at the time, and then started to convince her things were changing, she was seeing we part the, the, the propaganda, as you say, to create the illusion of inclusiveness. To, to create the illusion that we're changing, as we become more of an equal society, and that's exactly what this propaganda campaign was done. Um, today, millions of African Americans. The difference is, in the sixties, we wanted liberation. Today, most millions of Black people don't want liberation. They merely want a comfortable footing within the system of white supremacy. In fact, if you go into a barber shop and you yell the word Black liberation. Many black people would automatically say, I don't hit up that black shit. They're turned off by the term black liberation. The, our, our, our minds have turned away from black liberation, and we are programmed to only seek an, an equal footing within the system of white supremacy. This is a change in our minds that has definitely benefited the white society. This was done by something called an ideological subversion system. An ideological subversion is you, you feed people a bunch of disinformation. And within the disinformation is propaganda that's designed to sublimely shape the minds of the targeted population in ways that serve the agenda of those um, deploying the propaganda campaign. Mm-hmm. We're not aware of it. It's embedded in, in the movies. It's embedded in our commercials. It's, it's, we're being programmed to think in ways that serve and support the white supremacy, and we're not aware of it. Even, for example, when you watch the movie um, The Black Panther, the first one, and the second one, and the first one, the black man who spoke of black liberation was vilified. He was evil. They even had him kill a black woman. They they connected black liberation with evil deeds. They they made him the evil one. Right. 
uh, in the second Black Panther movie, um, uh, you had a brown people and a black people, and they had a common enemy who was the oppressor. But yet in the movie, they choose to go to war against each other, never even addressing the oppressors. The white men always embed propaganda that shapes our minds in ways that serves him, and we're not aware of it. We're always filled with the white man's propaganda. Even when we're watching the superhero movies and we see a white superhero saving the world or white saviors movies, our minds are being shaped because there's propaganda embedded. There's, I'll give you another example. Um, a couple of years ago, Don Cheadle was, ca- was cast to play um, Tucson Literature. Danny Glover was directing a movie about it, the, the Haitian Revolution. And uh, Angela Bassett was, was set to, to portray his wife, Tucson Literature's wife. And so they try to find funding. When Danny Glover tried to do it in America, the producers said, we will not do the movie unless you um, create a white fictional character right. to stand the right. the mature. He mm-hmm. went to France. They said the same thing. We won't do the movie unless you create a fictional character. Mm. Uh, the, the, the movie about the trumpet player, the black trumpet, the, the famous trumpet player, what was his name? The, the dark brother. Um, well, there was a movie also did. Louis Armstrong? Huh? Louis Armstrong, Louis Armstrong? No, no, not Louis Armstrong. It was uh, it was Don Shield took another movie assignment, and he played uh, it was just Miles Miles Davis. Miles, Miles, Davis. Miles Davis, yes. Okay, oh, thank the you, movie, brother. Yep, Miles Davis. A fictional white friend. That white friend never existed. Mm-hmm. They they created him because to get funding for that movie, right. they had to create a fictional white character. Right. Uh, when you're watching when you, in the latest Roots movie. They had uh, they put some white Jews and white Jews was helping the African slaves. The white men always put his propaganda mm-hmm. inside these instances been fed into our minds. Mm-hmm. And, and those of us who have weak mental fortitude fall for it. They program our minds to believe because that we're actually even in the first um, um, Wakanda movie. You yes. know, even in the first one, that was the CIA. The damn CIA is defending yes. their assisting them against, you know. But that, yes. that's what they constantly do, you know. Yes. Once again, you and, can't and, play and, of a movie here where the Caucasian is totally the bad person unless you made it in the 60s independently, you know. Yeah. See, because any movie that's made today and you're looking at getting funding, but more importantly, distribution yeah. and so forth, um, you got to have some Caucasian in there who is of assistance to the main characters, even though yes. they're fighting, you know, corruption and so exactly. forth. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned the CIA agent because something else, I was in a movie theater when I, when I went to see it. I watched it several times. And um, there was a scene where the CIA agent, he shoots down an aircraft um, being um, taking weapons to Africans around the, around the globe to defend against the white society. And when the CIA shot down that aircraft, the entire audience of black people started cheering for him. And I'm looking around, and they're clueless that they're cheering against their own interests. When the white CIA agent shot down um, the, 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 the aircraft taking weapons to Africans, the black audience all started applauding, not recognizing that our minds, we are cheering against our own interests. It's highly possible to condition people to think against their own interests when they don't understand what's being done to their mind. You know, I mean, even when you, um, I give example, 
Christianity has been used to condition millions of women to perceive themselves as being inherently inferior to men because they accept the narrative that, um, that Eve came from the rib of a man, which is totally bullshit. They believe that story, even though their bodies of women have found out are millions of years older than the story of Eve. People, uh, and they, we, have, we accept these narratives and not recognize within these narratives, they are propaganda that is designed to make us think in ways that are against our own interests. So the black man must start studying the white man's propaganda tactics while we study the Bible. And therefore, we want to be holy more than intelligent, critical thinkers. Therefore, we are easy victims of the white man's uh, propaganda tactics. While we study our Bibles, believe it's going to protect us, the white man studied instead how to manipulate the minds of the targeted population, and he used that gain knowledge to mentally enslave millions of black people while we sit around and just keep clinging to our Bibles. Fools, we make fools of ourselves, don't you understand it? We must recognize we must the truth of our plight and condition, what's happening to us, mm-hmm. and order for us to liberate ourselves from it. Right. And our condition, if you look at 1960s to now, and the reason why I point to 1960s to so often, people say, oh, this is all connected to slavery. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal why we know our collective condition is not connected to slavery. If our condition today was connected to slavery, our condition, with the mental enslavement would lessen with each new generation as we move further away from slavery. That's natural. The further you get away from it, the less the effects are. But in our culture, the effects have worsened. We went from calling ourselves brothers and sisters to call ourselves niggas and bitches. We went from wearing afros to wearing blonde weeds. So the fact that we are worse now than we're doing the 60s is proof that our condition is not connected to, to slavery. Our connection is connected to an ideological divergence system that changed the black culture. It was achieved through the white society's monopoly over information that we received. They can, um, th- there are four ways to effectively manipulate the human brain by what we're taught, by what we see, by what we hear, and through repetition. Because the white society controls the education we're taught, the media images we see, and the societal narratives we repetitively hear, and through their re- repetition, they're able to shape our minds in ways that serve the white society. And it works. And, the only way to, and it's so it deep, it's so deep that those of us who bring this knowledge to challenge that to our people, we are rejected. Yes. You know, we are the fools. Uh, you know, and, it, it, and, and it hard control, as we are. There's, there's something called control through demoralization, right? And um, our people are so demoralized that they find it easier to continue believing the fraudulent worst about ourselves rather than to believe that they're being manipulated. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. here's, here's the, 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 the most effective part about the system. The white man knows that he's never able to brainwash all of us, but he don't care about that. Because if he, if he only brainwashes 30% of us, only 30%, before the rest of us can confront this white supremacy, we're forced to fight against the 30% who are forced, uh, uh, who are brainwashed to defend this white supremacy. And they get that 30% and they elevate them. They give them national platform and they give them a larger voice. And those 30% we call coons, they start speaking against our um, our liberation, which... which um diminishes our ideology like Candace Owens. They give her a national platform. They, they, they elevate her. They invite her to all these shows. And she doesn't recognize that she's a pawn being merely used by the white society. 
she doesn't know that her mind has been socialized. The weaker the mind is strong in the programming. Well, she some of them seem realize. like they, they're just so happy to do it, you know, because they're so self-hating. They're just so happy to uh, claim the superiority of Europeans or Caucasians and to denigrate and degrade African people. Go ahead. Many black people believe that we're incapable of building our own cities. We're incapable of being self-efficient. Now, the white man destroys so many self-efficient black cities and then brainwashes to believe that we are not capable of building our own cities. They've destroyed, they've taken credit for our inventions and have brainwashed us to believe that they invented most things. Uh, but here's why. We're going to talk about what happened. Um, after um, slavery was abolished in the United States, and in spite of not having any reparation, African-Americans built self-sufficient cities across the United States, cities that America um, was jealously going to destroy. Um, African-Americans' illiteracy, illiteracy had dropped down from, um, um, it was um, 30% in 1930. By 1950, it dropped to 7%. In New York, it was less, uh, uh, it was less than white illiteracy. Black people inventions after slavery, within the 80th of um, slavery, African-Americans invented 726 patents in the U.S. Patent Office. That's more than double whites. The white man recognized then that if not, if left unimpeded, the, the Africans could elapse the white man's um, dominance. So they decided they had to, when they integrated it into the schools, they didn't, they didn't give us an education that elevated our self-esteem. They gave us an education that crippled our self-esteem. So they deny us racially affirming facts, and they're teaching us only about whites. What this does is this conditions us to accept our subordinate status. We don't know our greatness because it's been kept from us. Then they tell us that most inventions come from white men. But, but that's not reality. If you look at the facts, the white man, okay, there's something called social science. In social science, in order for a dominant society to maintain a position of dominance, the narrative fed into a society must exalt the dominant group and marginalize the subordinate group. This, um, this conditions the subordinate group to accept the dominance of other groups. It, it conveys the myth that the dominant group is superior, is superior and supposed to rule. Also, people are inherently tribal, and they don't, nat- they don't naturally accept the long-term dominance of other racial groups or their lives. They must be conditioned to do so. So by feeding false narratives into our society that exalts whites and marginalizes us, this conditions us to accept white dominance over our lives. This is what's being done through our education system. We're being made to believe less of ourselves and more of whites because it conditions us to accept white dominance over our lives. It's a social science that most of us don't understand. So when they integrated us in the schools, it wasn't true integration. We were being indoctrinated. Our kids go to school where we're being conditioned to reveal whites and think less of ourselves. The average kid graduated from high school believing that the only thing black men invented was peanut butter and the super soaker. <laughs> This is a damn shame. It's still a fact today. And they're not changing it because it's designed to instill a value system that aids in maintaining the preservation of white supremacy well into the future. Here is a fact. Many of us would say that, um, I know I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again, that Thomas Edison invented a light bulb. Here are the facts. When Thomas Edison invented a light bulb, no white company purchased it, no mass produced it, because it was deemed not efficient enough. It lived very dimly, lasted only a few minutes. The light bulb that was mass produced and sold um, to an electric company was invented by an African-American named Louis Latimer. And he was dispatched around the world to oversee installation. So the man who lived the world was actually a black man. 
But black students aren't being taught this. Because to do so, it doesn't condition black students to accept white dominance over their lives. Black students are instead being given disinformation that are designed to instill the myth of black inferiority and white superiority into our minds. The collective self-esteem of whites has been falsely bolstered at the expense of the collective self-esteem of black people. This is why most black people are also taught to believe that Africans are illiterate and uncivilized and the white man civilized us. Most black people don't know that long before the white man invaded Africa, it was Africans who civilized Af- uh, uh, Europeans. That's right. Twice. But, but most twice. don't know this, it and twice. it's by design. Mm-hmm. It's by design most don't know this. Because it, it, it instilled the value system into the minds of black people. You know, when black people talk to white people, they feel, you better sit up straight and talk to that white man. Or you, you know, we, we, black people have an easier time putting down their own than criticizing a white person. This is because of the narratives that exalt whites and marginalize black people that have been fed into our minds. It, it fed into our minds from the age of five to the age of um, 18 while we were doing education development. It fed into our minds to underline media propaganda campaigns. When we're watching news, we're always seeing negative things about us and favorable things about whites. Okay, I want you to think critically. Critically. Let's look at facts. Do you not see how cartoonishly unrealistic it actually is that virtually all narratives that we receive about ourselves from white sources are negative? Mm-hmm. And can you also not see how cartoonishly unrealistic it actually is that we never hear negative narratives about white people? That's too perfect to be true. And art is too negative to be true. It's because the white society um, is a social engineering program. White social science determined a long time ago by constantly feeding a white exalting and black marginalizing narratives to our society, it aids in maintaining white social dominance over black people. It creates false assumptions within the society that aids in maintaining white dominance. It creates assumptions that affect hiring, firing, promotion, sentencing, and even movie casting in ways that serve the system of white supremacy. Always. It's a social science that black yes. people must elevate our minds to understand Always. in order to live with ourselves. Yep. Well, listen, we're going to take a break. Uh, there's a bunch of folks on, so when we come back, we're going to take these calls. Uh, there's like five calls waiting, so please be patient. Um, I went to Donnie Hathaway's birthday a few days ago, and I love Donnie Hathaway uh, and loved his music. And I remember when he passed, uh, my favorite, one of my favorite groups, The Whispers, and I played some of their stuff recently because uh, it was Scotty and um, Walter's b- birthday as well. And um, they played a song for Donnie and a very beautiful tribute. And, of course, Donnie had some demons, man, unfortunately. You know, he had suffered from schizophrenia, but he was outstanding. He was a hell of a songwriter, a performer, and so forth, and his, and his daughter Layla Hathaway. So this is uh, for Donnie. And so I uh, hope you're going to enjoy it. And let's, when we come back, we'll take these calls. Okay? All right, family. You're listening to African Perspective here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We'll be right back. You stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
You are listening to Time For an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. The late, great 
Donnie Hathaway. Man, this is for sure. Um, we're talking today with Brother Franklin Jones, the Black People's Matrix, and um, okay, I'll do some things here. Okay, we're getting ready to open up these phone lines. In fact, I'm going to go to four four three four four three. Good afternoon. Baba Oshi, how are you? I'm doing well. Once again, dear brother, I want to thank you. I always want to thank you. appreciate you, man, for substituting for me and jumping in. Uh, you know, time I call and you're ready to do it. I appreciate that, brother. And it was a good Baba program, Oshi. too, because I listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank, no, yeah. thank you, Baba Oshi, for giving me the opportunity to mm. speak to the world. Uh, this is the World Wide Web. That's so, right. Uh, That's what it is. To your show. But the, the guest that you had on brought up some very significant points. And I, and I wanted uh, to actually give him another example of what, what he was saying. Uh, I watched the movie, the movie Malcolm X uh, that Spike Lee made. Okay. And turned Malcolm X into some, some uh, yeah, white folks is all right. They, 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 he had a girl in the movie that said, is there anything I can do to help the movement? And he said, there's nothing you can do because you're white. There's nothing you can, the white people can do to help us. We have to help ourselves first, and then we can help we can go to other people, mm -hmm. which made a lot of sense to me. Sure. And by the end of the movie, by the end of the movie, he was saying Muslims, and, and he was saying, no, nah, nah, white folks ain't that bad. They, they all right, because finally so that Caucasians could swallow it. Even in the birth of a nation, they, they went for the guy who made the movie, saying he had a rape charge, which he beat. Right. And all that, uh, so that the movie would, would, wouldn't show too too much because they were they were in that movie killing white people. Right. And you know, that Turner was taking these white, grabbing little girls out of bed from these pedophiles, and killing these these slave owners. Mm -hmm. And that happened more than more than spitting in the water, more than crushing up glass and putting it in the food. Mm -hmm. The the revolt was what they were afraid of, and that's why they had the. They formed the, the militias, and the, that wasn't the, for the British. That was for the slaves. Yeah. So, uh, no, it, it was, it's very interesting how he, under, he he said we went from, hey, brother, hey, sister, to hey, ho, hey, hey, bitch, hey, this is my dog. We mm -hmm. went to that, and we didn't even realize, a lot of people didn't realize what exactly was going on. And it's yeah. still going on to this day. Every time I turn on the television and see the sports station uh, or, or the news, you, you can look at the news and see these sisters, with the hair that looks just like the white women. Mm -hmm. yeah, white, like a white woman with a tan. Yeah. And I said, why, why do you look like this white woman? You don't, you, or, or if you, uh, like they just put a, made this gay, this lady, uh, Feinstein, the, the Jew lady that died, they gave his, her seat to a black woman, but she had to be a homosexual black woman. <laughs> okay. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> these, are the, these are the little things that they're doing to keep you off balance or to keep you uh, yes. wondering... Is, is this how it's supposed to be? Am I doing something wrong? Because yes. the Bible that, that you gave me says Leviticus. It says Romans. It says abomination. But the television don't say that. And the, and the homosexual lady was on TV with her hand on the Bible to be sworn in. A Bible that she does not even believe. Mm -hmm. So, no, brother, it, it's interesting. I love this brother that yeah. you have on oh, yeah. because he makes it, he, he makes it simple. He makes it so that a 12th grader can understand exactly what he's saying. It, 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 mm -hmm. There's no gray area. 
there's no there's no blurriness it's clarity and the clear and when you if you anybody that can one and one is two can rationalize and add you can figure out that this this is what he's saying makes sense it makes all the sense and if it doesn't make sense prove it to me that he's wrong prove it to me and you can't because it's it, because it's not hiding it's just it's in plain sight and we have to and we as a people have to call it out we have to do something different and we have to show these young people that there's another way to go other than to go along to get along mm-hmm. that's it yeah all right thank you brother. Uh, you know i'm listening <laughs> appreciate it man <laughs> so the guest i said thank you so much oh, yeah this is brother, thank you. yeah brother franklin franklin jones the black people's matrix go ahead go ahead brother frank yeah uh, it always lifts my heart when i hear brothers connect you know some so often when i speak it's like um they're understanding it before I finish the sentence because you connect with it. You understand it. You already know it. You just want to hear someone say it to confirm it. And that's what happens. Many people connect and they totally get it. You know, mm-hmm. um, these, these, um, our truth has been suppressed. And many of our eyes and ears are open for that truth. And when you speak it, others connect with it. Now, there are those who won't connect. They're totally lost, but that's how it is. But I always appreciate when brothers just connect with what's happening. Mm-hmm. There's nothing normal about our collective state. Like when we first they, they program us to start calling each other bad. You know, we bad. We, and bad means good. You know, they went from bad to dogs to niggers to bitches to hoes, all because they control our media images. And most of us don't understand it. Those who control the people's media images control their culture because people become those media depictions of themselves that they see in the media. And the white man controls our media images. And we African-Americans are more susceptible to media social engineering because we were stripped of our true identity and culture. So we're able to become who they say we are. Now, people must recognize this in order to liberate from it. You know, before you go to the next call, you know, um, when black people believe that our current collective minds are functioning based upon what was done to us during slavery, this actually benefits the white society because it misleads us to believe that our core problem is a result of internalized programming that has nothing to do with the current white society. But nothing can be further from the truth. Presently, there are white government agents that specialize in psychiatry and propaganda that works unrelentingly behind the scenes, manipulating the collective minds of the black masses. These men analyze and study everything about the black population, our beliefs, our likes, our dislikes, our strengths, and our vulnerabilities. The surveillance information is gathered and decisions are then made on which fraudulent stories to produce to best create certain psychological feelings amongst the black population that assist the white society in maintaining their dominance and control over us. These men govern our minds, both our opinions, and shape our perception in ways that protect the system of white supremacy. That's the reality. That's the reality. I'll say. Um, right, we got a we got a caller. We got a caller. Uh Oh, my sister jumped off. So let me let me get Brother Paul. Brother Paul. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good morning, Baba Oshi. How are you? I'm doing well, my brother. How you doing? Brother, alive and kicking, brother. Um, good afternoon uh, to our brother Franklin Jones as well. Brother Paul, thanks for all the information you've been sending me. He's always sending me information. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm glad, I'm glad. I'm glad you appreciate it, um, um, brother Frank. Because at the end of the day, my goal is to just, uh, you know, give a uh, just give people an open view because there's a lot happening in the world. You know what I mean? And I yeah. know the mass, the mass manipulated media spend yeah. twenty 
24 hours 365 trying to shut down that information and and just yeah. portray a narrative so that's my purpose and i'm glad you appreciate it yes you know i would i want to make a small request to you my brother is that um yeah. one one day you come on this platform yeah and i want you to break down because i know you know about these things i want yeah. you to break down right uh, i know it may might take one or two shows if 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 yeah. baba Oji allows for it i want you to break down the relationship of the tavistock institute um here in this country and the council for foreign, foreign relations in america and other countries yeah. and all the, all the sister groups around the world and how they uh sow this um these narratives and control yeah. these social engineers because yeah. i know you know that a great deal of these social engineers what you're yeah. talking about are, yeah. are, are come out from the ideology from the tavistock institute yeah yeah i, I what please because i you know so many people don't understand these relationships and how it how the the history behind it um how it was formed uh, you know i mean these individuals existed before the second world war and why they put it together after the second world war um because it it it, it has a big relation on education in your country yeah um, how yeah. how they used how they used the prussian um set up the, the the war between prussia and um and france and how they used and how the french decided that the um they the education they were using was a form of brainwashing so that's that's what they've adopted and that's what the western world adopts today um Brother, one day please break that down so that the people can understand that this thing is bigger than us yeah. all, and these people are connected and they work together you understand in the west in the so-called western world I will definitely do that, hey, Brother Oshi. Look on his schedule when it, when it can be done. I think that's a fantastic request because it, it, it educates our people, and our people must be educated about the Tavistock Institute. We must understand um, how there are a, these wealthy men who control society, how they socially engineer society, and their objective is to maintain white dominance well into the future. They, they shape public perceptions in ways that serve their agenda, and we must understand this. Deliver ourselves, and until we understand, we will always be enslaved by them. Because in order for us to deliver ourselves, we must gain an understanding of how the system works. Once we understand what's being done to us, we can then develop ways to protect ourselves from it. He is absolutely right. We have to talk about the Tavistock Institute. We have to talk about um, Dr. Um, Edward Bernays, the mass manipulation expert who took. Uh, he was the nephew of Sigmund Freud. He took his, his uncle Sigmund Freud's study of the human mind and used it for, for manipulating the masses. He was one of the first ones. The Tabstock Institute called him their greatest prophet. Absolutely. In, uh, in fact, I, I'm, I'm giving a quick example of how um, they used him. Um, during the 1930s, uh, cigarette smoking was considered, considered taboo for women to do. Mostly men smoke. So um, Edward Bernays did a, a propaganda campaign making cigarette smoking he tapped into the women feeling oppressed by men, and he created this ideology that cigarette smoking was a form of liberation. He called it the torture of freedom. He also subliminally um, programmed that when you're smoking a, a cigarette, you're smoking a man's penis. So smoking is a way of standing up to the man. And he, and he perpetuated his propaganda campaign. 
and millions of women started smoking. So now the tobacco, so now the tobacco companies benefited because now they, they went into this untapped market of millions of women smoking. You see how he used his study of the human mind to manipulate millions of women to start smoking? Yes, that same system is being used to steer society, control the world, used to the benefit of white supremacy. One day we must talk about it. We must elevate our minds above a biblical fairy tale and, and, a, and a slave syndrome myth and learn the social sciences of use for manipulating the mind. Learn about the herd mentality. We have to understand what the group psychology, what's being done to us. Brother, I also want you to, I'm not, I don't know if you're aware of this here, but while I was actually looking at the Tavistock Institute and looking at the founders um, doing some research around it, I came up with something quite profound, and it's, it, it even troubles me to this day. What, what I learned was that um, they, were the, they were the ones who coined the term actually mental health. They actually come up with that term and the narrative, and it was, there's a whole reason behind this, which wow. I... At the time, it was very painful to even. Sometimes when you read these things, they become very painful because everybody uses the term mental health. Uh, you know, like naturally, you say mental health, not realizing that there's a wicked and seditious um, uh, purpose behind it. Apparently. Please send me that information on mental health. I'm going to have to go back and look it up again and okay. go and find it because um, it's just something I've read. And, and it, you know, sometimes I have this problem. If I read it's so seditious, it's almost like I don't want to read it anymore. You know what I mean? And I, it's like you put, it, you put it away and then you come back to it because it's, it's like you've been, you're so deceived that these people are yeah. so deceitful. They so deceive us so well. But anyway, um, I, I read that. And then, uh, before that, they used to call it was termed mental hygiene and yeah. you know you know you know the Tavistock institute you obviously you know but it's also associated you know who was also an affiliate of that is um you know the woman who uh, that woman who came up with um the um the birth control and all the rest of it uh, yeah, Margaret yeah. and Margaret and, and, and bill gates yeah. and bill gates father yeah. they're yeah. all just associated with the Tavistock yeah. institute that's yeah, it's all, that's all about mind control population control Deep control over everything it, it, on the planet by Europeans. It, 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 it's also connected to um, Austin, Austin Wells. Remember Austin Wells, 1930, did a um, did a radio broadcast right, War of the World. War of the, War, War mm -hmm. the World. Mm -hmm. And he broadcast as if it was real. And then the people started responding to it, acting on it. They started breaking breaking the stores. That was actually, as they study shows that that was a test. The test control people to the can you feed them. All of those are are people waiting for our reality. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right, brother, hang on, Paul, brother, hang on. Uh, brother Frank, let me get six four six. Six four six, good afternoon. Man, is it not my main man, Boogie Woogie Jones? Franklin, what's happening, my brother? Hey, my brother, brother. <laughs> I heard you say something earlier that I could not agree with you more and is one of the biggest problems in the black community. And I'm glad that the boogie woogie man said it. The Negro wanted a better and safer place in whiteness. Yeah. Yeah. That's a profound statement, Boogie Woogie. Yeah. Yeah. The issue is, 
is probably one of the biggest hindrance of us as a collective people moving forward to find any sort of sovereignty in this country or someplace else. It is that excessive need of this Negro, a.k.a. the Negro Peen, to be wanted and loved by the cracker. And if they ever gave it up, we would flourish as a people. Because the sad thing is, the Negro here is becoming more ingrained and embedded in his excessive need to be loved by this cracker. But the beauty is, the African is waking up. Yeah. I think if you notice what's going on on the continent, the African is waking up. And you know it's about one thing, circumstances and conditions. They're seeing what this cracker has done. They're looking at the conditions of their people, and they're starting to wake up and learn and realize that if they control the resources of their land, they would be in a far more better position. But then again, I only ask that they understand clearly that they are dealing with the most evilest, diabolical, murderous individual to ever step foot on earth. So they got to be prepared. Yes, when Africa stands up, they're planning on assassinating that leader and replacing him with their puppets. That's how they do it. Has it has it never not happened? Any yes, African right. leader that yes. has stood up to this cracker, what has happened to him? He's been assassinated by America and these forces. And then you got Negro, Monkey Man Twist Sisters, who have platforms on media that go about talking about the business, don't trust Russia or China. I say don't trust them either, but don't make America seem to be the one to trust. When if you look at history, there's been nothing like the murderous nature of this no good, filthy, stinking cracker. So, boogie woogie, Oshi was at the football game the other day. I texted him. He ignored my text, but, (laughs) you know, I'll forgive you. But the bottom line is this. I did not know that you was going to be on the air today, Boogie Woogie, and I'm so glad that I took the opportunity to tune in and listen to you because it's always a pleasure to hear you pontificate what you pontificate. My brother, Frank Boogie Woogie Jones. I, I'm humbled words, and I thank you. I always appreciate your support. Thank you very much. You know what's happening. You know uh, at this time, it's it. It seems like if you're looking at it as an African, as a uh, yes. uh, independent, self-determining, sovereign African, you see some glimmers of hope. But yes. you all see. But you also see. You know some deprivation. You also see some back, uh, a sliding backwards so deeply. You know that it must come a time, family, that 
we lay down a gauntlet and said, either you are with us or you're not. Either you're in the house or you're out the house. And, and yeah. then let's move now. Because constantly begging and pleading with us, trying to get it together, and then we know there's always agent provocateurs, there's always saboteurs. So, you know, bump that. Let's make sure that we got the right people. Don't take everybody. When we got the right people, let's march on. Let's move on. Let's go strong. In the, especially in these cities where we are a, a, a good portion of the cities of Philadelphia, of Detroit, of Chicago. Well, not Chicago anymore, man. Chicago's so damn bad, man. I think <laughs> we leaving Chicago like it ain't nothing. Cause hey, 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 oh, hey, oh, you keep on talking about Chicago and the type of fratricide and all the other madness that they going on there. Nah, bro. Alaska. Other places are far worse than Chicago, bro. The murder capital of the United States, quiet is kept. And it's really surprising is Alaska. Where in Alaska? Fairbanks? Juno? Where in Alaska, man? I I have no, I mean, I know it, hey, it's indigenous hey, people there. That's, and that's, I what the, that's what the FBI, that's where the FBI reports that more murders are committed per capita in Alaska than any place else. So the truth wow. of the matter is Chicago, Detroit, Philadelphia, New York, and all of these other places may not be as murderous as we really think it is. But you got to remember. Alaska is dominantly that cracker, Yerugal beast. Yes. So yes. You're not, they're not going to never promote that or tell the truth about that. But that's what they say, FBI, FBI reports. I did look that I up read because, it online. Man, yeah, I did look that one up because, I mean, regardless, I'm looking, I'm looking at us. I'm looking at African people, what we do in this country because of the conditioning because of the mind-altering things that have happened to us. I'm looking at what we do, and, 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 and then how do we step outside of the imposed boundaries that Europeans have placed upon us. And as I always give this analogy, that we have a vice grip on our minds. And if you understand that tool, once the vice grip, once they clamp it, it is set. The only way that you can get that vice grip off your mind is that knob at the end of the handle. The turning of that knob is symbolic of acquiring knowledge of self. Continue to turn yeah, that knob. Yeah, hold, on, let me, let me, right. hold on, let me finish. Continue to turn okay. that knob until the tension. Now you can release it. You can take it off your mind. And it's not that you challenge Caucasians. To hell with them. It's that you challenge each other. And you look at what he has done to us over this time and may that it never happened again and you marshal the, the brothers and sisters to come together of like-mindedness to move forward in a new direction for our people. Yeah. Go ahead. I think what he said was really interesting um, that uh, FBI data shows that the highest um, murder per capita is Alaska, a, a, a place that is predominantly white. Really interesting. And your reply about Chicago and Detroit is really interesting also because he's right. What we believe about Chicago, what we believe about Detroit 
comes exclusively from the white society. We don't know anything about our collective group that doesn't come from white people. From white people who are always want us to believe the worst about ourselves and the best about them. So I always always keep open mind because the white uh, one way of control is demoralization and fear. Uh, they've always instilled fear within the oppressed. They're full of each other. They've demoralized. The goal is to demoralize the people so much that we begin to give up any hope of liberating ourselves, and we feel that we are safer and better off under the dominance of another group. And that's what the propaganda campaign of white society does to us. The FBI data also shows that, yes, most violent crimes are committed by Caucasians. Uh, most um, most uh, crimes against um, for financial gains for I guess a family member are, are committed against Caucasian, white Caucasian. Caucasians are also more likely than any other racial group to ki- to kill a parent. Uh, um, uh, incest is higher among Caucasians. We don't hear these narratives. We keep hearing narratives that denigrate ourselves and marginalize and uh, marginalize ourselves and exalt them. So I find it interesting that the brother went and found out about what's going on in Alaska. And, and I understand the response of Chicago. We must remember the people who control information, their goals to always keep us believing the worst about ourselves because it gives them the greatest power over us. Our enemies control what we believe about ourselves. Um, in fact, um, even though things are bad, um, Dr. Zabrinsky, the, the great political scientist, he said, and you know, he's up there, he worked all, all the white leaders. Uh, he's the white leaders who said everything must be done to keep Africans divided globally. He said that the ruling white elite are more fearful now than at any time before in history. Why? Because this is the first time in history since they invaded Africa that they're not controlling all the narratives. For the first time in history, we're communicating. When Brother Paul called and talked to us, I never hear anything about Black Britons other than when I, I get it from the brothers from, from Brother Paul, brothers like that, because everything I see on on, on news is the white version of Black Britons. So we're now able to communicate. We're able to come together. We see we're one people. We feel we're more alike than we are different. So we are unifying greater now than ever before in history because we're now able to communicate globally. And the reason why we're able to communicate globally, not because of the greatness of the white man, the white man's mind, because the reason why we're able to communicate, because of the Nigerian scientists, while we have the internet, and an African American scientist, while we have that common allows us to get on the internet, we're able to communicate globally because of African people. So we are waking up and we are unifying. We are thinking outside of the box that a white man has created for us. We are all right. Uh, we have a caller, uh, Atlanta, Davis. Go ahead. Davis, Atlanta. Okay. Baba Oshie. Yeah, go ahead, Earl. Baba Oshie, uh, Brother Franklin just said something that was that is so profound. I, I, I said this the other day when I was on the show. The, the, the Trump card here is the internet the, the, the action, and because the internet gives you the ability to talk in real time when white folks communicated years ago they had a pony express rider who would ride a horse from one end of the country to the other took him a few days to do it but he did it but what we have now is the internet 
The only reason, Brother Franklin, I know about you is because of the Internet. The Internet is a game changer. What's happening in Africa, I can see in real time. Whereas before, white folks could hide it. If they couldn't hide it, they could manipulate it to make it look. I heard, I'm going to stop after this, I heard France say, we're pulling out of Niger because Niger doesn't want to fight terrorism. <laughs> Is that the most ignorant thing you ever heard in your life? <laughs> This is the mind, this and the mindset of white people is is that they are taking care of Africa. Yeah. We don't want to take care of you people anymore because in the United States, all we see are hello, them for ten cents a day. Uh-huh. Come on now, uh, this is yeah. the and, and you just said something about the cigarettes. I remember it was Virginia Slim's tennis tournament for the women, and they they were empowering themselves by. Or kind of broke up. But listen, I'm going to play this particular piece. Brother Kwaku sent it to me. This is the same thing that um, that Caucasians have been saying all the time. It's a, it's a little short piece, so it's won't be, won't, it won't be long. I don't want y'all to lose that feeling. So I'm going to show y'all this going to give you a reason to look at shit in life at the point of view and the feeling that we're feeling right now. And to take action. The best way to gain control of the most intelligent, powerful species on the planet would be to completely divide them from the love within themselves. As soon as they are old enough to begin creating an understanding of who they are, force them into a system that teaches them that it is wrong to be yourself if yourself is different from what is accepted as normal. Confuse them about their own biological makeup so that they think that permanently altering their body is the answer to happiness. Require their daily attendance at an institution that makes them focus only on the information that is provided. Make them attend that institution from age five until an adult and repeatedly test them on the information so that it becomes their truth. Give them an explanation to everything so that they never have a chance to make their own assumptions of the world. Scold them and humiliate them if they suggest an opinion that opposes that of their authoritatives. Keep reminding them of how cruel their ancestors were to each other in the past and broadcast how cruel they are to each other in the present. Only show them tragedies on the news so that they live in fear and think the worst of one another. Convince them that their species used to be that of an incognizant wild animal. Make them think that their very existence is so incredibly random that they lack purpose and struggle to make sense of a creator. Tell them that their kind is as smart as they've ever been so that they don't question the integrity of the system that they're in. Provide them idols with artificial beauty and use them as examples of what it is to look perfect so that they are never content with their own appearance and can't help but to compare themselves amongst each other. Create addictive digital platforms that rank them by numbers so that they base their self-worth off of the amount of followers that they have and are never satisfied. Build a society around them in which those who have money benefit and those who don't fail. Make money their main focus, but make it so difficult to accumulate that they remain in a place of constant struggle, forced to dedicate the majority of their time to the system that made it this way. Tax them in every way possible, but tell them that it's for their own benefit so that they don't think twice about paying it. Take so much of their time and energy throughout the week, but give them two days to themselves so they feel a sense of reward and don't fight back. Promote the consumption of poison in every social setting so that even on those two days, they remain disconnected from themselves and each other. Pump their food with excess sugars and addictive chemicals, but make it cheap, advertised, and easily accessible so that they never stop consuming. When their food makes them ill, prescribe them medication that only masks the symptoms so that they become dependent on it every day. 
charge them so much money for health care so that they stay in a constant loop of consuming, medicating, and working, cause chaos amongst them, and blame it on a group of their own so that they form judgmental stereotypes, turn them against each other in so many ways so that even if they were to connect on one, they would still be divided by another. So, y'all tell me what the fuck y'all think. Don't it sound like that we most definitely got some type of internal powers or something that's in us, you feel me, that they trying to make sure that we can't get a hold of, trying to keep on making sure that we bringing each other down and we can't come together, we find a curse. Have y'all ever seen when motherfuckers be putting that stuff in their body and it be come, all that shit be coming up out their body and shit, they be cursed, motherfuckers be healing ass, and after they get done, their body feel better? Ain't that? Yeah. They putting us in... Yeah, you, uh, let me know what you think. It, 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 uh, it's the same thing. It's just what's been going on for, for decades, you know, um, decades and decades. Well, I'm sorry, would you say about I've heard it on some, I, I played on my platform. I, I'm glad when I see that circulating, uh-huh. I'm glad to see it circulating. I'm glad our people are hearing it because it, it, it puts it in the context that there is, there is a system in place. The white man don't allow his his dominance to just rule by chance. He puts systems in place to do it. It's all by design, you know? And so uh, when they laid it out about uh, introducing to from age of five to 18, that's what happens in our school. They, everything they teach us is, is, is lies. Example, uh, like when we had a conversation, when they teach us, whenever you see the, the Darwin evolutionary chart, they place the white man in the highest level, and they place the blackness skin on the lowest level, which conveys that the white man is the highest evolved and the black man is the lowest evolved. But if you study the facts, science has proved that Africans are not a part of the Darwin evolutionary chart. That's a narrative they've given us, which, which makes them the, the superior and we the inferior. But the reality is we did not come from primates. They did. This is all proven science. They give us information. They give us answers to everything. And we accept their narratives, not recognize that their narratives make us the tail and them the head. That's why anyone who, if you are not a critical thinker, if you've been blindly accepting what white people tell you, you are mentally enslaved. There's no exception. You are mentally enslaved. And you are functioning based upon their narratives because their narratives are designed to instill a value system in you that makes you believe you're less than them and they're more of you than you. If you don't critically think you are a slave, there's no in-between and there's no exception. Exactly. And that's why you reject everything they bring to you. Everything you see, everything that is spoken, everything that you read, all of it, you reject it. You reject it all. These are liars. They are a bunch of liars. Now, here's an analysis I always use. Imagine if someone was a serial food poisoner. This guy went around the world poisoning people. Now, this person is coming to prepare you a meal. Would you eat the meal? You'd have to be brainwashed to accept that meal. So white society are history's notorious, deceitful liars and the most narcissistic, racist, corrupt group on the planet. But yet they go around... They brainwash us to perceive them as being the authority of all that's true. And we blindly accept their narrative. We blindly accept their narrative of, of God. It's ridiculous that we've been brainwashed. Now, think this, just not think. The fact that the Bible was written by history's most ungodly group of people, 
disqualifies the Bible for being the true words of God. The belief that a Bible brutally beaten to the minds of our ancestors will now provide our salvation is idiotic. We believe idiotic beliefs. But frankly, let me let me say this to you. The insanity of the white man and his behavior is played out on the level as a smokescreen game to keep people confused and basically off balance. I'm going to give you a yeah. quick, perfect example. Now, yesterday, we all see what happened in Congress with McCaffrey. Here it is. I just looked at the newspaper, and these rabbit brain devils are now talking about making Donald Fredo Trump the Speaker of the House. Now, is that not insanity? Is that not what you're talking about, manipulation? Is that not absolute chaos and madness to keep people from being at the point of understanding what's going on? It's totally about what you're saying, keeping people off balance. How in God's green earth could there ever be any type of discussion of making that psychopath, narcissistic, nut job, the Speaker of the House? That's, 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 that is that's ridiculous. Right I haven't heard that, Jay, but I, I understand. I, I, but that is ridiculous. Even all you got to do, yeah, do is put the put the front page of the New York Post online and okay. read it for yourself. But I, I understand, and 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 I'm saying, and I know, and I know if it's on the if it's in the newspaper, it's it's on the news programs, it's on CNN, MSNBC, and so forth. It's going to be safe. But that is just asinine. That is ludicrous. This is crazy. And and and. And those right-wing Republicans, those right-wing Republicans, those eight that you saw on TV the other day who are the ones that pushed uh, McCarthy being eliminated as Speaker of the House. And all they needed was some uh, some Democrats to vote their way, and they were definitely going to do that. This is madness. This is madness. Wow. Listen right here. Oshie, this is what it says. House Speaker Donald Trump, question mark. Now that there's an opening, a handful of House Republicans are calling for it, and the former president is both publicly and privately toying with the idea. It, see, I mean, even though it's been mentioned, <laughs> Jay, and you laughing, I'm laughing. I ain't laughing, but it's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. I know it's happen. not going to happen. Yeah. But it's what Franklin was saying. It's mm-hmm. putting it out there to manifest itself and then seeing if it might be able yeah. to happen. Honestly, let's be honest, it can happen. You know why it can happen? They got the votes. So imagine No, no, no. They don't they don't they don't have the votes to put Trump. They don't have the votes to put oh, yes Trump. They do. No, they don't. No, they don't. There's a number of Republicans who would not vote for him for shit. Okay? But, no, it's just that you're you, my you, point, though. I'm saying that if they did, if they did collectively say 
This is what they're going to do. They have the votes. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. That's what okay. I'm saying, though. Okay. I don't know if they'll do it. You right. never know okay. what the white man may do. That's if true. it's going to benefit them. But I'm not, but, but what I am going to argue, they do not have the votes to truly make that happen. There's a number of Republicans, and there ain't a damn Democrat alive or dead that would vote for his ass for nothing. So the possibility of Donald still, Trump but, being oh, Speaker of the House is not going to happen. Point, oh. oh, you're missing the point. Remember, McCarthy had to do it 15 times, right? but he got it done. Right. And, and, and there was and, and, not near one Democrat that voted for him. And there was a condition. So how you say they don't have the vote? And there was a condition. And that condition he broke because he worked with Democrats. So it's not, but listen, listen, Jay, I, that, I don't even want to entertain this madness, man. But it just goes to show what we're talking about, how deep it is, the psychological and manipulative effects of, of this society and this system to make you act and behave and do things in certain ways. And you that's know? my point. Yeah, right on. Let me, let me catch this call, 404-697. Four oh four. Greetings. Greetings. I'm uh, I'm just really uh you know, appreciating the powerful program today. The speaker is, is um the guest speaker is great appreciate Thank you. all of his uh enlightenment and work and uh, all right. you know, I'm agreeing with the callers today. Okay. Uh, glad to have you back, brother O C uh Brother Herb did an excellent job. As he um, does, yes he did on Monday. But it's really true, uh, you know, the, the psychological impact that uh, that that's being constructed and and being inflicted on us is, is you know, something that yeah. you know is 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 essential that we are aware of, yeah. and it's just very diabolical. And um, so I just say, uh, you know, forward ever, backward never. That's right. And Abifahodie. Abifahodie. Thank you, my sister, brother Paul. You want to add something before I turn it back over to Brother Franklin? Yeah, Baba Ochi, you know, I just want to put it out there, yeah. You know, the, the, this game of politicians, yeah, is the greatest deception known to man. And we've got to know that, you know. we really got to know that because a lot of us fall for it. We, we fall for it hood, line, and sinker. It mm. is a game of deceit. Politricians go to learn the Machiavellian order. And for those who don't understand what I'm talking about, they need to go and study the Machiavellian order or who Machiavelli was. Every one of them to become a politrician has to learn the Machiavellian order. And that's about deceit, deception, lies, and propaganda. And you know what? While you're falling for the, and being hoodwinked by that, you've got to realize who runs the show. Who's running the show are the corporate entities. That's who's running the show. And they're affecting your income. They're affecting your house, which they want to take away. They're affecting the land under your floor. They're affecting the food you eat, not the politicians. They're not running the show. They just put there as the management. So every time we get deceived and pull away down this politician road, we are deceiving ourselves. And we've got to stop doing this because our issues, our issues as Africans are far more serious and important than any politician walking this earth. They are the grand deceptors, deceivers, and that's their job. Nothing else. Nothing else. They're just there to deceive the people through your so-called vote. That's it. 
That's it. Right Thank on, you. Brother Paul. Thank you, man. Brother Franklin. Yeah. You, you have the last word. We appreciate you, man. I just wanted to say that I wanted to commend and praise everyone who called in. Um, because when we call it, everyone's talking about the diabolical manipulation of our minds. We're talking about how politicians are, are, are snakes. Our conversation is aligned on, what, on, on our reality. We're not calling in about Willie Lynch. We're not calling in about biblical scriptures. We're calling in about a diabolical plan for global manipulation of the world. So it shows that our people are growing. Our conversation is enlightened. This is the topic the white man fears are speaking of. This is the topic. We keep elevating our minds. And we keep surrounding ourselves with like-minded brothers and sisters, and we teach this information about how um, their global agenda to maintain their dominance, to continue exploiting us, dividing us, dividing Africa, their propaganda campaign. We're doing that. We're all talking about it. So I thank everyone who called in, everyone who's listening, everyone who understands this topic, because this is how we liberate ourselves, by focusing on this accurate topic. All right. And we'll talk about getting the Tavistock Institute and every with the nays and everything else along those lines together to put yes, a presentation please. I, I, I look forward to it. Let me know when you want to do it. Oh, sure. We'll, let's probably do it at the end of the month. Great, the end of the great. Month. Fantastic. Because that'll be good Fantastic. going into the holiday bullshit, you know, So <laughs> and how they grab your mind through what you see, what you smell, and so forth. See? Great. Yeah. All right, dear brother. Appreciate you, man. And all those well, who love call. Well, brother. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Thank you for all your calls. Thank you for your support. Thanks for all, my brother. Thank you, my brother. Peace to you. We end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people, Lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do without, and they sure hell, damn it, don't want to pay for. Brothers and sisters, have a blessed and wonderful day. Hope to see you on Friday. Shim Hotel, that means go in peace. A sante sana means thank you. Bibi Fahadier, Bibi Fahadier means our victorious destiny. Family, we will be victorious. You have a blessed and wonderful day. Be safe, family. Peace. <laughs>